Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Frank and I'm from Connecticut and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, April 23rd, 2018 and this is our 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in chapter four, We Agnostics, on page 54, the first paragraph which begins with, we found too that we had been worshipers. We will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs ending with, at least so the chemist said. Today's readers are Kathy W., Leslie M., Kathleen O., Robin P., and Ashley P. The reference number for Sunday, April 22nd, 2018's special edition meeting is 11327. That's 11,327. And the reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11329. That's 11329. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Kathy W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Texas. These are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, 
promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathy W. I will now ask Leslie M. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning. This is Leslie M. from Long Island, New York, the 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, as problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OI group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Rebecca, thank you for your service, and I pass. Thank you, Leslie Ann. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And I do time the shares and gently say time when it gets to three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And it's better if you don't use a speaker phone when you share. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 54, the first paragraph, we found 
two that we had been worshippers through two paragraphs ending in at least so the chemist said. Our sharing will be focused on any part or all of both these two paragraphs. Kathleen O., please go right ahead. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Good morning. This is Kathleen O., recovered in Northern California. We found, too, that we had been worshippers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on. Had we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves, and then, with a better motive, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower? Who of us had not loved something or somebody? How much did these feelings, these loves, these worships have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing we saw at last. Were not these things the tissue of which our lives were constructed? Did not these feelings, after all, determine the, cur- the course of our existence? It was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship. In one form or another, we had been living by faith and little else. Imagine life without faith. Were nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life. But we believed in life. Of course we did. We could not prove life in the sense that you can prove a straight line is the shortest distance between two points. Yet there it was. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling on to a destiny of nothingness? Of course we couldn't. The electrons themselves seemed more intelligent than that, at least so the chemist said. And again, this is Kathleen O in Northern California. Um, so imagine life without faith, Ex- exclamation mark. Um, and I believe faith is mentioned 36 times in the first 164 pages. So clearly faith is something we need to reach a conclusion of either, you know, God is everything or God is nothing. You know, is there a God or isn't there? And the goal is to find a power greater than me that will allow me to be recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. So once I admitted I couldn't solve my eating problem on my own, I started to believe, you know, I had this little flicker of faith that if I did what I heard recovered people do, who would solve the same problem I had, that just maybe this could work for me. Um, You know, what did I have to lose? And, you know, I came in thinking I had faith in nothing, but the truth is I have faith in many things. I have faith that the sun's going to rise every morning. And, you know, that happens with no effort on my part, and I trust it's going to happen every day. And I have faith, if I put gas in my car, it's going to get me, you know, to my next destination. Um, I have faith my cell phone's going to work if I charge it. So I certainly had faith in many things. And if I had to find a reason for everything that I had faith in, I'd be exhausted. So I did have faith. And I certainly had love, you know, I, had a, I, I have a love for nature, for children, for dogs, um, and worship. Well, I certainly worshipped food because I thought about it constantly and it controlled my life and everything revolved around it. So I certainly, certainly worshipped the food. Um, and today, I have faith that my higher power will do for me what I can't do for myself, as long as I follow the instructions as laid out in this big book. Um, you know, to get the opposite of the bedevilments on page 52 and having peace and serenity, living in faith and not fear, 
no longer living in selfishness and self-pity, not that those don't crop up once in a while, uh, you know, finding freedom from food, that was huge, and happiness, and realizing that my higher power, not the food, is the answer to all my problems today. In the past, you know, I couldn't figure out what to do in difficult situations, and so I'd eat. And today, I don't need to eat over my emotions or my problems or the unknown. I have trust. I have trust that my higher power will give me strength in my weakness. I have trust, um, you know, I will get faith in my fear and power in my powerlessness. And the good news is, you know, just have that flicker of faith. The good news is we have unlimited choice of spiritual belief. You know, this is a concept that it's our own concept of our higher power and God as we understand God. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kathleen O. Who else would like to share on these two paragraphs that Kathleen read? Ginger C. I heard Ginger C. Laura W. I heard Laura W. I didn't catch that. Stephanie N. Stephanie N. Uh huh. Okay, wait one second. Sylvia F. Sylvia. Sylvia. Who was? Sorry. I got Sylvia. AKB. Robin B. P as in Paul. Uh, P, P as in Peter. P. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Who was it? Okay. Here's who I have, and see if I missed you when you. And if you spoke up, you could still tell me. Ginger C. Laura W. Stephanie N. Robin P. And Sylvia F. Was there someone else who spoke up who I missed? Sherry KB. Say it again. Sherry KB. Sherry KB. Okay. Why don't we Shima go M. With, and Sima M. Okay, let's go with those of you whose name I repeated, and then we'll have another group after that. Rebecca, star one, we lost you. Wow, I got muted. (laughs) This is Rebecca F. I'm not sure where we left off, but I'm going to repeat the names that I have. Ginger C, Laura W, Stephanie N, Robin P, Sylvia F, Sherry KB, Sima M. Ginger C, please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Rebecca. Can you hear me? I hear you. You hear me, Ginger? I do. I do. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. Go ahead. (laughs) I know. The mute button, believe me. I I get it. Okay. So, Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And um, the sentence that I just love that's popping out to me is, had we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves. And... um, You know, just that sentence reminds me of that song, looking for love in all the wrong places. And and I have leaned so far out, majority of my life, trying to fill this spiritual malady, this God hole that, oh, I know only God can touch, but I just, I have to take it to the length, I have to experiment, I have to do the research in these places. But I will tell you, and I just share my truth, I know it's singleness of purpose, 
But I put the food down. Thank you, God. God put the food down. I don't do any of this work. But then, you know, those seats on the Titanic, I'm just, I seek effects. I'm such an addict, and I love more of everything. And I just saw my money. You know, things and money started popping up. The food was down, but boy, that shopping started popping up. Again, I switched seats. So I'm just so grateful that I know this can happen for whatever addiction I'm struggling with today because my food has been down. I have been neutral. I have been free from this nightmare. And it was because I followed these precise directions. So I know that if I do the deal with these other areas of effects that are causing me trouble today, there's hope. There is hope. But I, just for me, you know, I feel I thought food was my final frontier. I thought I was finally done with these addictions, stopping and returning home to the perfect source of love, which is my higher power. Uh, but nope, I'm a sick puppy, and I found another one. And with God's love and strength and, and my perseverance, moving muscles, I've got to be into action. I've got to be doing this, persevering, continuing. Um, but that is my truth, and I'm just glad to share it today for anybody else who may be switching seats on the Titanic. You know, call me, talk to me. I'm here, and I'd love to help in any way I can. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Ginger C. Laura W. Thanks, Rebecca. Can you hear me? I hear you, Laura W. Thanks. Starting my timer. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic, and Exercise Bulimic in South Jersey. Gosh, this is a really, these two paragraphs are really powerful because it uses the word worship in that first paragraph like five times. And, you know, worship to me as a kid, I grew up thinking that worship meant, um, you know, was supposed to be for, for a higher power, for God. Yet, why did I worship food and weight loss and diets and people and money? And, and you know, I had faith in all the wrong things. And... But I always had some sort of faith, like it says. You know, I've always been um, focused on whatever that higher power is for the moment. And whatever I turn to in times of anxiety, fear, joy, um, stress, is my higher power. So for years, that was weight loss and food and how people responded to me and money. And it was all all ego-driven driven, you know, easing God out. And the steps, by working these steps, and thank God that he introduced me to this program, I really don't even know how I found Overeaters Anonymous. I just kind of fell into a treatment center and, and they handed me this book. And I'm actually holding the same book that um, that was given to me in 1997. And, um, you know, the steps remove the blockage to not believing. You know, the steps give me the ability to get some sort of higher power, whatever that may be, but it cannot be myself, and helps me believe a little bit more. And we're asked in these paragraphs to unlearn what we think we know. You know, um, if first I have to come, when, and we're all here on the line, then I have to take action, and, and then the faith came. You know, the faith came after I saw that what I was doing was not working, but the way that God directs me and the way these step direct, steps direct me it will work and does work. So I'm grateful to worship my higher power today and, and to live according to these 12 steps so that I can redirect my faith into something that works and does not harm me. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. Thanks, Lord. Stephanie N. 
Hi, this is Stephanie N. Recovered in Kansas. Um, the part that jumped out to me was we had been worshipers. And there's a quote, I hope I don't butcher it, but it says, um, it's by Fulton Sheen. He said, everyone worships something and nine times out of 10, that something is ourself. And I realized about six years ago that I was worshiping myself. Um, I, my husband would joke around, well, I don't know if he was even joking, but he would tell people he goes to the gym so he could see his wife. And, um, it was all about me. It was all about my food, my diet, my workouts, my clothes, just me, 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 me. I was caved in on myself. And when I realized that I was caved in on myself and I was obsessed with diet and exercise and I was obsessed with myself, um, I wanted to change, but I didn't know how. Um, I, I felt so trapped in that life. And I couldn't see a way out. I didn't know how to make it stop. Um, and it was really a lonely place to be, and it was really scary. And I, the, you know, and I would get angry um, because I would try to stop, but I didn't know how. And um, you know, and I, and people praised me for that lifestyle. And and um, when it first started, I thought I was taking good care of myself, and people would say, "Oh, you're so dedicated." But the truth was, I was worshiping myself. And about two and a half years ago, someone told me about OA, and I learned that there is a God and I'm not it. And I don't have to live that way anymore. And I'm just so grateful to God because I feel, feel like it was God that led me to OA, and I am really grateful um, for OA and for the fellowship. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie and Robin P. Hi, everybody. This is Robin P. I'm grateful in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for your service, Melanie. Thank you, everyone, for being on the meeting and for all your shares. Um, you know, I there's a few things that jumped out at me, and I, I definitely worshipped other things. You know, whatever's the center of my world, and. You know, about two and a half years ago, I came into the, these meetings and just, wow, it's such a huge blessing. I'm eternally grateful. Um, and, you know, I, I still get to catch myself. You know, I, I, I'm an inventor and I own a couple companies and uh, sometimes it's the center of my world, you know, and, and it's the center of my self-esteem sometimes, which is so not of God. You know, and um, you know, I recently launched a new product, and I just felt myself go there again. You know, putting my self-esteem on it, and you know, and focusing, you know, and everything on it. And you know, I feel like God is showing me, you know, what I'm the center, and you get to be an instrument of my peace. You know, and that's it. You know, like how can I be of service today? How can God use my gifts for good, and not about ego-driven, you know, because that's always easing God out, you know, and um, I grew up about atheist, you know, and um, I've, through miracles of, and grace of God, I had a spiritual awakening that led me to God and to these rooms, and without this program, that would have been impossible. This has been my bridge to God and to a faith in a power greater than myself, and the other thing that I love about this is, you know, step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. 
you know, I grew up in a lot of child abuse, and it's not to the abuse of God. It's not to the dominance of God. It's to the care of God, you know, and learning to trust in this all-caring, all-knowing, omnipotent God who loves me, you know, and that God's will is the best thing for me. And in step 11, praying only for knowledge of God's will for me and the power to carry that out. That keeps it so simple for me so that I get to practice my faith, faith in action. You know, faith without works is dead. So I get to be a willing participant in, in my spiritual growth. And I get to grow into things, you know. And it's like I always believe I'm either growing outwards physically, God forbid, or I'm growing upwards towards God, you know. And that's my spiritual journey. And um, I'm really so grateful for these meetings. Thanks so much. God bless everybody. Uh, happy Monday. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Robin P. Sylvia F. Good morning, and thank you for your service. Um, this is Sylvia F., recovered compulsive overeater in uh, San Francisco Bay. And turning on my timer. Uh, this chapter, one of my favorites in the book. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I was preparing to, to talk, uh, to do service one time, and so I, uh, I did a search for the big book on the word surrender, and uh, it, it wasn't there. there. There wasn't a word called surrender. And yet everything it describes in here requires that I surrender. And so when I came in, I've said this many a time, uh, it, I came in and I didn't know anything about a higher power, but I was desperate enough that I named my higher power not me because that's all I had to know. And then I went through, I, I remember having this amazing moment where, and it talks about it here, had we not worshipfully, worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, and the flower. And I remember at one point just surrendering to the environment because I, you know, it was such a love and I felt such a peace there. And then it talks about, you know, that this had nothing to do with pure reason. So I could surrender that idea too. And it says, were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? And to me, it, it kind of brought it back down to the cellular level, which is what they're saying is that faith is a part of us um, and that we fight, we fight the idea of a uh, higher power, but we don't, but because we haven't acknowledged that we do have faith. I have faith all the time that my car is going to start and that my class, I'm going to get to work on time, and that uh, the electricity is going to keep on running, and my food in my refrigerator is going to stay cool. So I have a lot of faith. I just was being rigid and not using it there. And um, and so, you know, where I am now is I want to surrender because what I what I realize, and my life is I'm not always in serenity at, by any stretch of the imagination, even though I'm recovered. And that um, the, the feeling of serenity of what they're talking about is faith that I can, I can give up my, my thinking and my actions to a power greater than myself. It is so much easier because I'm not fighting myself, my thinking in the world. So it's, it's so much easier and so that is an attraction now greater than food. Um, it does give me ease and comfort, this 
this uh, plan of action and these steps and a higher power, but it doesn't mean that it's easy and I have to do the work. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Sylvia F. Sherry KB. Good morning, Rebecca. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Uh, very grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. And thank you so much for your service, Rebecca, and everybody on the line. Welcome, newcomers. Um, it's interesting to me that the, the first paragraph has the word worship in it about um, four times. And it's it's telling me that, you know, look here, Sherry, look at all the things you worshipped, and maybe they weren't the right things to worship. And it determined your course of existence. And so it's telling me is to let my course of existence be faith, faith in something greater than me, something that's going to help me, something that is going to relieve me of the bondage of self, of my dis-ease and discomfort because I am an addict um, of the sort who is addicted to ease and comfort like it talks about in the doctor's opinion. And so by being able to do that and and worship something like my higher power and, um, and see how it changes my existence by being able to rely on this, this amazing source, this spiritual source, that worshiping something that's healthy for me only makes things better. Worshiping things for me that, that are not healthy for me makes it worse and worse, like the food. Um, I was, you know, I've been, I, I've been learning so much about myself since I put the food down and got recovered. And, you know, I have been uh, addicted to my emotions. I, could, I can be just as face down in my emotions as I was in my food. But I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to be paralyzed by the emotions I used to have and carry because I've got a higher power. I have a faith in a higher power that's going to help me by living in the step work. And, you know, um, I had a very sad thing happen yesterday, and I'm, I'm very sad about it. But you know what? I, I know what to do. Um, I, I know how to take care of myself today. I know to turn to my higher power. Um, and... Um, and I do feel very sad, but I allow myself to feel sad, and I allow myself to have my higher power's comfort. Instead of finding comfort in the food, I'm finding comfort in my higher power. And um, also asking for help. Um, that's a big one for me. Um, I, I worship trying to be independent, and, and uh, I worship the food, and I worshiped you know, things outside of myself all the time. I could just name a huge list of them, but today... You know, these things that are more important to me that I worship are, you know, living in 10, 11, and 12 because it my life gets better and better. And I'm, I have faith that it will continue to do that. Whereas when I was face down in the food, I had I had faith in the food, but I didn't have faith in feeling better for sure because it proved to me every time that I never did. But when I turned to God, I have, I have feel better all the time. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Emma M. Hi, this is Simma M. Did you call me? I did. Hi, Simma. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Simma M., grateful compulsive overeater living in recovery in New Jersey. Uh, I'm on a bus, so I hope there's not too much noise. Growing up in New York City, I didn't have faith in all the things that other people have mentioned. Having been through blackouts, 
and um, subway strikes and teacher strikes and every other kind of, uh, you know, trains not running and things. So I got used to not relying on those things. But what I relied on was the belief that someday my prince would come and take care of me and then I'd live happily ever after. And that was where, um, in order to uh, get that, I had to lose weight and look like the other people that had their princes, or at least I thought they did. And uh, coming into OA, after um, losing weight a couple of times and feeling like, well, what now? It's not working. The prince isn't coming. And I came into OA desperate because I knew I was going to gain back the weight. And I, after the third meeting, I met somebody who explained the program and the steps and, and the ninth step promises. And then I had faith that the program would work because it had worked for others. And then I just had to go about finding how to work it for myself. And um, but I was also, what also was explained to me was faith, that the idea of a higher power and faith is the opposite of fear. So if I'm living in fear, then I'm not living in faith. I need things to be very simple for me. So that's the way I know that there's faith. There were a couple of examples about prayer working in my life to help me um, let go of the resentment early on in the program. Uh, very deep resentment that I never thought I could let go of. And after months and months of praying, um, it did go away. I didn't pray for it to be removed, but I prayed for the person that I was resentful at to be, and that um, he and I should be healed. Because that was the way it was explained to me. So from then on, I knew that there was a higher power. And when I'm in fear, I just go to my higher power. And luckily, you know, the 10th, 11th, and 12th steps remind me of that every day. And uh, that's the way I define faith, and that's the way I know I have faith. If I'm not fearful, then I know I'm living in faith. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sima M. Before I take more names, in case you got on late, we read two paragraphs, the first and second paragraphs on page 54, beginning with, we found two that we had been worshipers. Is there anyone else who would like to share on any or all of these two paragraphs? Jim M. Jim M. Nancy L. Wait a minute, Nancy. Okay, before I have Nancy L, but before Nancy, very quiet voice. Who was that? Okay. Um, who else besides Jim and Nancy? Ann A. Ann A. Maybe one more? Jordan L. Oh, Carol is H. that the quiet voice I heard before? Was it Grinnell? No, it wasn't the quiet voice, but it's Jordan L. Jordan L. L. Uh-huh. And what was the other voice uh, name I heard just now? Carol H. Okay, I'm just going to stop there. I have Jim M, Nancy L, Anna Ann A, Jordan L, and Carol H. And hopefully we'll get to all of you. Carol, I'm not sure. And the 
the quiet voice, I'm sorry, I didn't catch it. Jim M., go right ahead. Jim M., star one. Hi, uh, Jim M., uh, Great Barrington, Mass, compulsive overeater. Um, You know, I just, for me, reflecting on the reading today um, and and hearing all the inspiration on the phone, you know, I just, I think about the the simple fact that hearing that I'm, I'm so, it's so easy for me, you know, as I'm working my program still in the beginning, but putting my faith into, you know, knowing that, you know, my cell phone will charge, my phone will, my car will work and all these other things. But when I really look at it, you know, stepping into dealing with my fear that, uh, you know, it that that I need to reflect back on my faith with my higher power, you know, just going through kind of a tough spot the last couple of weeks of stepping back into life and, you know, opening my own restaurant. Um, you know, a lot of those fears came up and I just kept hearing this, this voice of, of reason, um, from God that it was just like Jim just do do what you love to do and I'll take care of the rest um but you know as I'm working through and being out of the food you know it's 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 been absent it's been great but it's it's not easy and today I can feel that pain and that fear and recognize you know that I'm in that moment that I've got to fall back on you know the fellowship and the big book and uh turning my my want to sorry that's my rooster um my want to try to take control because it's not about that you know so in that moment i'm i'm just meditating stepping out of it going back to group going back to the word and here i am so anyways uh with that i'll pass thank you thanks jim m nancy l Good morning. This is Nancy L. Recovered in Arizona. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service, and and welcome to the newcomers. In thinking about this um, worship of other things, what what brings to my mind is the fact that uh, I sounds kind of strange, but I I think I really worship self-pity. I mean, after all, if you had my problems, you'd eat too, right? Uh, That was my... um, motto I just um, I can't help it it's just you know and I and I would play over and over and over the things that happened to me growing up and in my 20s and in my 30s and poor me and poor me and poor me another drink only it was food and um, now that I'm recovered wow uh, my higher power is just giving me a brand new set of eyes to see things that that he has done for me as as I uh, went through those things and how I came I came through it and um, and now I'm I'm doing this I'm I'm giving him my attention instead of the food I'm so grateful for that today and you know I also he has also given me eyes to see people in need today um, wow I had it made compared to what I see some some young people go through today and uh, so my heart goes out to them and I spend time in prayer and service where I can and um, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful new life with these new eyes and with that I will pass thank you 
Thanks, Nancy L. Ann A. Thank you. Am I heard? Yes, I hear you, Ann. Thank you. Um, thank you for your service. And uh, yeah, what's jumping out at me about this reading is just that, you know, it takes, well, not in this particular reading, but what it's talking about in the other place in the big book is about it takes a vital spiritual experience to get relief. And so, you know, so how do I get to that place of faith sometimes is what I'm thinking about. And, you know, the process used to be, you know, eat. You know, that's how I, that was my self-sufficiency is eat and get some relief. Um, now it's with the food down, it's like how do I get that relief? And it is that through through the vital, the, the experience of having that spiritual experience. It's like, and the way I get that is a step work. And, um, you know, it's already been said, but there's just, you know, the whole idea that in the past, well, the whole idea now is that I get into this place, self, well, you know, what does self-sufficiency look like if I'm not eating? Well, self-sufficiency looks like my character defects. It looks like, you know, overthinking problems, it, it, you know, getting into this panic state, getting into that state of fear and all the ways it expresses itself for me. And, you know, that right there is where the rubber hits the road and I've got to do a 10. I've got to do a step 10 and 11 and, of course, 12. But, you know, if I cannot clear out that emotional congestion that starts to build up for me, um, I, I will eat, period. I mean, that's that's hands down what's going to happen. Um, so today my recovery is... You know, and it's and it's having that, you know, being happy, joyous, and free in times of, like, major life stressors um, and not knowing what the future is going to be. Um, often my fear is around future, you know, what could happen, you know, and, of course, it's always the worst-case scenario. And so today I, I'm getting out of that self-sufficiency by practicing faith and almost like a refusing, it's like a refusing to worry. <laughs> it's like I have to clear it out. I have to get connected, and I have, to, and I, and the only way to do that, I know that I know of that's worked is 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 these steps. And um, and I have had faith. I've had faith. You know, like I, it's already been said in lots of other things and lots of other false gods, um, and and false dependencies and. Today, it's just so, I was listening to a special edition earlier, and this person it was just wonderful about uh, about living, living, living through life stressors in a calm, peaceful way by practicing, you know, the steps and then, and then also practicing a step 11 where I'm having a connection, where I'm, I'm after that connection with my higher power and um, actively doing it. And that has looked like more pauses throughout my day where I'm connecting more and, and going, oh, I'm feeling this. I need an injection of higher power, you know, love and and positive kinds of thoughts and, and uh, to connect up. Um, I mean, that's like the bottom line. And uh, anyway, so... Really appreciate the shares this morning and the reading. With that, I pass. Thanks, and Jordan L. Hello, can I be heard? 
Yes, I hear you, Jordan, now. Hi. Good morning, you guys. My name is Jordan. I am a compulsive overeater who has recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. Um, So um, that last sentence of the first paragraph, it was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship, or excuse me, the second to last sentence. so the authors of the big book like mention um, faith and love and worship, right? Uh, and I was just kind of, I was just kind of sitting here thinking. Um, <clears throat> I've lived with this disease for a really long time. Um, I hit 200 pounds back in like the seventh or eighth grade, <laughs> and it's been that ever since, um, up until this point in my life. And um, <clears throat> I've lived with this disease for a long time, and it made me, it made me really, really numb. Um, and I like didn't realize it, right? It's very gradual over time that I just like, I continued to use food to check out more and more and more, and it, it like it, it most definitely um, was working in that moment to check out. But there was also like this uh, uh, gradual upslope of numbness over time, you know. Um, and when I got here, I I was like really checked out. I was really really numb. Um, I had very little humanity left in me. Um, I had very little like capacity for these things, faith and love and worship, you know. Um, I I was just. Uh, it's just where I was, you know, and I especially had very little capacity to be vulnerable. Um, <clears throat> I had built up a lot of walls, um, and I just wasn't willing to let you in, you know. Um, and I'm sure that there's probably some, like, deep-seated psychoanalysis reason for that, but <laughs> let's not get into that right now. <laughs> Let's just leave it as, uh, like, this food took away my humanity. It took away my vulnerability, um, my ability to relate with other human beings. And, and then I came into this program, um, and someone um, brought this to my attention um, that, uh, you know, like, there were things in this life, um, such as, like, love for another human being, say, like, a child or, in my case, a younger sibling, a sibling who's much younger than me, um, I would lay down my life for that kid, right? And I don't, like, I don't have an explanation for that. It's not like he's some special person who's going to be the next president of the United States or something like that. Like, that's my little brother, and I would lay my life down for that kid. And it's not because he's, like, unique or something like that. It's because he's my little brother. Um, And it... And that, that to me, sorry, is exactly what these paragraphs are talking about. Um, I have no explanation for that, um, yet there it is. And I can apply that same concept to um, this higher power concept, you know? So anyway, thank you so much for letting me share this morning. That's it. Thanks, Jordan L. Carol H., you'll be our last share. I think. Thank you. you have three Thank minutes. you, Rebecca. <laughs> okay, no problem. You're welcome. This is Carol H. in um, Colorado this morning, sunny Colorado, and I've really enjoyed um, listening to everyone today, and I relate to so many different things. 
being said, self-sufficiency, worshiping other things besides the higher power. Um, I think, you know, all those things apply to me. Um, and I, the imagine life without faith, where nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life. I read that um, maybe the last time we went through this and it occurred to me just a, a kind of a weird analogy or just an analogy I made of, you know, I, I was a, I'm a retired music teacher and we used to have to fight for the arts in our schools over and over and I know still do. Again, you know, they're the first things to get cut and, you know, trying to explain, you know, what's the point of having math and reading and all these other things if you don't have the beauty with it and, and, and being able to experience the aesthetic experience you feel when you're making art or making music or whatever that happens to be. And, you know, all this reason and all these, these things that I used to worship really are nothing because they didn't give me that true aesthetic feeling that I now feel because I have this strong faith in a higher power. It's a deeper sense of, um, of connectedness. Uh, you know, through my art, I could connect more to people and to others. Whereas if I'm just, you know, going through life doing the technical stuff, I don't feel that so much. And I'm not saying that's everybody. I just know for me, um, faith in my higher power has made me uh, what I feel like a, a deeper, I have a deeper um, view of myself and therefore I feel like I relate to people on a deeper, deeper level. That's um, what's come through my spiritual awakening. Um, but I do, I, I, I equate that to um, imagine life without faith as kind of having life without that beauty of art and, and nature. I, I love the, the paragraph above where it refers to nature and the sea and the flowers and all those, um, those things that I know I had nothing to do with in this world. I did not make those things. So um, it's um, been great to read this and to, to rethink through all that. So um, thank you for letting me share today, and I'll pass. Thank you, Carol H. Okay, it's 10 before the hour. So we will now close with the reading from the big book. Sorry about the phone ringing. On page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Robin P. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be specific. Yes, hi, I'm Robin P. Thanks. Um, and, and thanks so much, Rebecca, for your service. I'm still a grateful, compulsive reader. Page 164. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep 